All right. We welcome on Below the Belt Show, actress extraordinaire. You can actually catch her in theaters now in the amazing Stephen King horror thriller film, Dr. Sleep. She's also an accomplished singer. She's got an amazing track called Castles, which is so rad. We're so happy to welcome on Below the Belt Show, Emily Allen Lind. What's up, Emily? Hi, how are you? Good to have you on Below the Belt Show. Happy to be here. You're on the line with myself, Al Soto. We have my co-host panel includes the wonderful Ali Dash. Hello, Martin Emily. Lopez and Hello. Darth Paul Wallace. Hi, I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> <laughs> First nice of all, virtually meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Before we go into everything amazing with your music, I got to say, Dr. Sleep was freaking fantastic, Emily. I loved uh, the film, and I loved your performance. If you could tell us about how you got involved in that film. Well, I, uh, I mean, I was always a huge Shining fan uh, since I was a little kid. It was actually the first tour movie I ever watched. Um, so it was, it was pretty crazy when I, when I got a meeting to, uh, to talk with Mike about the project. Um, I, uh, I read the script, and I was absolutely obsessed with it right off the bat because... Honestly, I know you've seen the film, and whoever has seen the film, uh, and you know whoever appreciates the film, realizes that it's a total separate entity from The Shining, and it's a, from Kubrick's from Kubrick's film, and then also from Stephen King's book, because it's a whole nother, you know, it's a whole nother book, it's a whole nother world. Um, and when I saw how Mike, Mike actually, the director, wrote the screenplay as well, and how he kind of incorporated The Shining world as well as Stephen King's world in Doctor Sleep, as well as his own sort of spin off the whole tale, I was totally enthralled, and I was, you know, so excited, and I, I, I was obsessed with it. I mean, anything that Stephen King does, obviously, it's like going to be great. But just having Mike's vision, um, bringing the the words to life, I, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. And I got to throw out, Mike is an incredible. Uh director actually believe it or not worked with him on one of his films uh as a student at Towson University which is called no Still Life. yes which is crazy and look at him now wow. which is amazing now he's directing you directed me and now he's directing you which is cr crazy and I, that's amazing and the, I the parallel of that it's amazing what were your yeah, thoughts the on only difference is that you got paid and, and Al didn't <laughs> like, at all like, you, you got an awful lot of money and success when he directed you right and I Al got a grade. <laughs> I, got a, I got a slice of pizza and, and, a, and a lot of grade. But pretty much the same thing. Yeah, pretty, pretty much the same thing. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> how was Mike's directing? I mean, I know how his directing style was back then, but how was Mike's directing style? Um, he's, I mean, he's probably one of my favorite directors I've ever worked with. And I've been, you know, working since I was three years old. Um, the reason being is because it's really hard in this industry to sort of have creative um, input because a lot of times the heads, the directors, the producers, they have a lot of, they're very power hungry in this industry and they want everything to be exactly how they say, even if it's not uh, the best way, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's really hard to find people that are into collaborating. You know, I, I've always looked at art as a collaboration um, and that's what really, that's why I thrive in doing what I do. And when I, uh, when I first got to set on the 
first day and I was doing wardrobe fittings and hair and makeup fittings and stuff like that to, to hone snake by Andy's look. Um, Mike was, I mean, all of the, you know, hair and makeup and everyone, they had such an input um, and they had such a creative outlook on the entire film and, and you could tell that they really cared and they had a decision um, and I appreciated that so much. And when people say like how Mike just creates such brilliant things, it's, I think one of the big reasons is because he actually uses the same crew and a lot of the same actors over yes. and over again. Yes. Yes. And the reason for that is because, you know, you walk onto set and it's not like you're just meeting a bunch of strangers. They don't have to learn, um, how you work. They don't have to learn, you know what I mean? It's just, it's natural. And so, you know, when uh, when I got on the set, it was just like a big family. And it's really beautiful to see when you give people the opportunity to do their job, what they're best at doing, um, and the creative opportunity, you just you get such a masterpiece, you know. Because if you have 100 people and each of them are the best at what they do and you give them that room to play around you're just going to get the best of everything you can't you're not not one person is the best of everything you know and that's the issue with hollywood a lot of times is power hungry people that think that they know everything when that's really not what art is you know yeah question for you on that were there other times where you felt like you fought for that type of independence and were sort of stamped down or was it just that on previous projects uh, it was sort of known that that's, that just wasn't going to happen, that you were going to stick to the script and do as the director said. I've been really lucky in my career. Um, I, Since I was a little kid, the first movie I ever did was Enter the Void, Gas Runaway um, film, uh, if you've heard of it. And uh, it was this very, and it was this, you know, film festival. I mean, now it's more like a cult classic, but I remember I sort of went into it. I think I was five, so I was five years old, or I turned five on the movie or something. And uh, I've always been, I've, I had an older sister, you know, and my mom, well, backstory, my older sister is an actress, my younger sister is an actress, right. my mom's an Natalie actress, Lynn. my dad's a producer. Oh, man. Yes. So we're all in it, and it's all I've ever known. And so, you know, growing up, uh, I just go to set with my mom, and then my sister got into it, my older sister, so I was like, I want to do this. And so I was very comfortable with the whole idea of, you know, being around adults and doing this whole, uh, this, this this big world of, of movies and television and, 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 you know, entertainment. And, uh, and so when I did enter the void, I was just so ready to, you know, hone this character and I knew exactly what was going on and I was super into it. Like I, I literally remember <laughs> yeah, really it cool. was like super late one night on a night shoot and they were trying to wrap me cause it was like 3am and it was cold and we just had a car crash scene and I was like oh, five years old, and they were trying to route me for the child labor laws. And I was like, no, yep. we need to finish this. <laughs> I was so into it. That's awesome. That Screw the child know, labor laws. The rest of <laughs> you, like, you need to I sack up. We need this in the can. Get this done. Um, That's awesome. And, you know, I've been really lucky because after that, uh, it, it got me a lot of opportunities uh, where I wasn't doing, you know, roles where uh, I wasn't doing anything I didn't want to do. Right. And so before I ever really cool. do a project, I would always have to feel that I had the creative juices flowing with uh, the people involved before I would sign on to something. And that started happening since I was, you know, five years old. So I've been really lucky um, because I was able to, a lot of my career, choose who I'm going to work with um, 
a lot of times when you're an actor, you don't really get to choose. You take work as it yeah. comes. But yes. so I, does, I was, yeah. Does I was that does that mean that. you did not have to audition for Doctor Sleep? Uh, I did a tape. Um, I sent a tape in. I okay. was working or something, and uh, and that was it. Oh, okay, cool. That's pretty cool. Some, yeah. But so. knowing Mike Pryor definitely. Uh, Definitely helped, like you said, the whole <laughs> family aspect. Yeah, yeah. I love exactly. it. I mean, I've never, I didn't know him prior to that. I, I, I never worked with Mike before. Oh, you had never, okay. No, no, I think, no, I was just talking. What I meant with by prior is like there, a lot of the crew and ca- uh, cast were the same from his other right. projects. I was actually one of the only new ones in the in the family. Um, it was me, Rebecca, uh, you and, me and Rebecca and you and, um, and like, Oh, Don, I don't think had worked with him yet either. Okay, got but it. Got that it. was basically it. Like everyone else in the True Knot was one of them was Mike's brother, um, actually, and uh, the rest he had already worked on Hill House with and, and multiple other projects. Right. So, Hill yeah. House is so good too. Any hazing? Yeah. Any any hazing? Being the new kid <laughs> on the block. <laughs> did, do you know if there were? Ha- was what, you- yeah. Was there any hazing? Did uh, Did they give you a hard time oh, sorry, being new? I can't really hear you. You're a little quiet. Say that again. Uh, was there any hazing? Did you have a? Did they give you a hard time being the new kid on the block? Oh, I know, right? Yeah, I had to do a, uh, had to do a ritual to get into the to get into the family. No, they were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were really that, yeah, we don't speak of that. Um, you know, I, <laughs> that scene was real. You know, it's it's uh, it was it's weird because if you when you walk into something that's already been a thing before you get a little nervous you know yeah. and it's like i don't want to i'm the new kid on the block and i was also so much younger than all of them right um by years and years and years but it, they i walked in and it, it was just like there was the first day you know we it was interesting uh we the first day that we were shoot or uh, we were doing pre-production when i met everyone when i met rebecca and all the true not we were working with this movement coach who uh, who worked on multiple, multiple movies. Um, uh, I'm forgetting. The, uh, he worked on, I think, well, Planet of the Apes. Nice. And, you know, it's, oh, these, cool. char- these characters, it's true not, they're all about movement, right? Because it's almost like they're, they're vampires, you know, they're, yep. they're very, they're, they're thousands of years old and they're, you know, yeah, they, they're living off steam. They're, they're, uh, they're extra, tra- you know, yeah. they're, not, they're not human. Um, so the movement was very important, the small gestures and, and whatnot. And so uh, it was funny, the first day we, we met each other, we were in this room and we had to uh, basically go nose to nose with each other in, in groups and twos and twos and twos and look at each other in the eyes and not break a smile. Uh, oh, that's always <laughs> tough, isn't it? I probably would have busted up laughing. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. We had to look at each other very sensually uh, in the eyes. And, <laughs> you know, like you're going to just jump on them and make out with them, but you're not. <laughs> and Actually, Al, we had to do buttons. something similar on air show. Oh, Servant on Apple <laughs> TV. You can check myself and Paul. Uh, staring down um, with a smoldering gaze, with a g- smoldering gaze, <laughs> a Nell Tiger Freeze character. Um, but anyway, no, I had to give her a hug. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so uh, wow, Snake Bite Andy. Wow, what a crazy character. I guess we could talk a little bit of spoilery stuff on Doctor Sleep if we can. For those that, yeah. for uh, listeners that haven't seen the movie, you don't want to know. We're, we're going to talk about some spoilery things. Okay, so. Uh-huh. So, I wanted to know what made the True Knot 
not sacrifice you and take you into their fold as as they did unfortunately with base, the baseball player kid i was curious yeah. on that so i think that you know if you see the the opening scene where you first meet snake bite um and rebecca's character rose yes being you know this, if you when you're there in the theater crow sort of like has been i guess following me because they didn't know if they were going to kill her or if they were going to recruit her right and they see they see how um absolutely evil she is um and and how uh, strategically uh, sly she is and um you know i think rose hears about her past and realizes that she can sort of uh manipulate her into being exactly what she she wants her to be i think the other thing is that she's young uh she's a young female and i think that you know when you are you're going hunting uh for children or whatever you're doing if they're trying to kill someone it's the last person that you would expect would be you know a young 15 year old blonde girl um and, and that's why she was able to you know her whole story where she was she would get pedophiles and bring them places because and then kill them because they would never expect you know their their guard is completely down there you but, go. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the cool part about Snakebite, and that's why I was so interested about it in it, because it wasn't, it wasn't the look. It was 100% the, you know, the inside of her. What is this girl's past? It's way darker. It's way, it's way bigger than, than anything else. You know, it's so strong. Um, and I think that she saw that. And yeah, even your last that. scene, I mean, that was like kind of yeah too. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It was like, mm-hmm. it's like these characters, they can't, there can't ever, you can't feel bad for these characters, you know, which is hard because a lot of times, even with, you know, people, villains, you, you feel bad for them, right? It's like right. you see their side of it. Yeah, I play a villain a lot, and I get killed a lot, so I know, I know exactly what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm usually a bad guy as well, so I'm, <laughs> I feel you. <yeah. laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, a hard, it's a hard task to, to just fucking hate it you know yeah, no no, I, I, no nothing i gotta admit i think sacrificing the young baseball player boy was necessary uh, for us to hate the true knot so much yeah. it was so necessary um although i was hoping the boy would would somehow survive when he was uh, yeah but you forgot about that but poor little girl at the beginning of the movie we did but we didn't <laughs> see her get killed so that's we we we, okay. we yeah, needed to see yeah we need yeah. to see that evilness okay. of the true not cult and that's where we were cheering for Abra and cheering <laughs> for Dan at the end so you needed that I think that a lot of people were upset about that scene yeah um, but it was. honestly you know there's a there was obviously discussion about it you know, they actually took out a lot of the, the bad um, stuff. They cut it down a lot uh, from the, the first draft I saw of the movie, but it was needed because you know, you see this cult, they're very sexy, they're very beautiful, they're very, you know, they're hippies, they're like vagabond psychics. <laughs> right, um, right. And they're, like, they're yeah, gorgeous, absolutely. they're fun to look at, and you want to see more. Yep. And it would be so easy to fall down the rabbit hole of you know, wanting their story or wanting it to work out or not wanting them to die because it's such an appealing thing to look at so you need that you need that turn you know or the characters are you don't know if they're going to be rooting for the people that we want them to be rooting for right. um, you just want and to be i think dark. that definitely worked it worked i think it it definitely worked 
I think that everyone hated the true knot after that. So. Yeah. Well, and it's I mean, art's supposed to push you to uncomfortable places anyway, right? Otherwise, what's the point yeah, if no. it doesn't get you like outside of the <laughs> box? Was there uh, was there anything else in your career that that you know did that for you that you felt like you had to stretch to uh, embody, or you, you you felt was a little bit outside the box? I mean, I tried to for every single film or any single production that I sign on to. Um, I like pushing myself outside of the box. I I, I feel that minuscule or uh, characters, um, basic characters, something that I don't have to really push myself towards is definitely not intriguing to me. Um, that's sort of like the love I have for film is just, um, I guess, sort of becoming something else, right? Um, oh, interesting. I think that, uh, you know, the fir- I mean, the first film I ever did back to Enter the Void, um, it's this terrible story of these, Two adults, these, I mean, these two kids that their parents die in a car crash and then they fall in love with each other, the brother and the sister, basically, and they do a blood pack and then this, I'm getting get taken away and I'm put in foster care and it's this whole oh, emotional nice. ride. And I was five. I need to check that movie like, out. the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great film. But I just, um, I've actually, in a weird way, I think I'm more comfortable doing things that push myself Mm-hmm. than doing things that don't. Not comfortable in the sense of bored, but comfortable in the sense of comfortable and happy and content mm-hmm. with doing things that push the borders, you know? Okay. Totally. Uh, and and now uh, your music. Uh, I actually Are we going to shift to music? Because I do have one more uh, question. I was gonna sh- okay. Before I get to the music. Yeah. Okay. I had yeah. more acting questions okay. too, but fine, fine. Let's do what <laughs> you want to do. Okay. Fine. <laughs> one more acting question. Who win in a fight, Snakebite Andy or Lauren Strucker from The Gifted? Uh, snake bite. Come okay. on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, no. Just because I, uh, you know what? That's hard. That's hard. Well, couldn't you uh, just no backsies? No backsies. You made a call. And you know, La- guys, I mean, Lauren is is uh, Emily's sister. Uh, <laughs> Natalie yeah. Allen Lind. Who would win in a fight in real life, Natalie? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you never have well, fight. Does she years. fight dirty? <laughs> but Natalie, I would not. I would not fuck with Natalie. She's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she's always protected me. You know, I'm never. I can walk down downtown LA and not be scared. She is. She's a. She's strong. Like I would not. Fuck she with like Natalie. a pit bull. So, Fierce. No. Well, she's she like, was in the gift. Yeah, you, she's strong. You just. You see, I mean, you see that it comes out in the gift. You know what I mean? And like, she's great in the Goldbergs, strong. by the way. She's absolutely yeah. She's absolutely fucking gorgeous, but she's also absolutely. Terrifying. <laughs> 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 don't want to get in a fight with her. No, no, no. <laughs> is she your mentor, Emily? Would, was that safe to say that she's taught you a lot? No, I think, I mean, yes, she's taught me a lot in in the sense of, you know, being my older sister and then life lessons and stuff. We learn from each other, I think, equally for acting. We're very different. We're very different in the types of acting we do. I mean, we're, we, we, we like different things a lot of the times, which is actually really helpful because there's never been any jealousy or... Uh, you know anything like that but we we help each other you know we I know one thing and she knows another thing um, and so it's, it's sort of a collaboration in that sense um, but I'm, I'm very 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 proud of her and uh, and yeah she's uh, she's yeah she's love of my life I love her so much oh that's so sweet yeah. have you two yeah. acted in something together yet we did this one film <laughs> we did two films together actually we did one film when we were uh, right after it ended so it was when I was like six years old 
Uh, we did this movie called Blood Then Sign My Name uh, together, very, very young. Um, and then we did this little movie, uh, Brian Bernardino did this movie called um, Mockingbird, and we were both in that. Um, and we were actually going to do this show uh, called Sacred Lies together that's about to be out, but then scheduling conflicts happened, and she just booked her show and everything, uh, where we were going to be sisters. But uh, I'm sure that, you know, the future... The future will uh, hold some some opportunities there. I think it'd be really fun. Awesome, awesome. So you want to shift the music now, Paul? <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I was actually driving right. back from set. Uh, well, not from set today, but I've been, been up in Cleveland for the last three days. Yeah, working with Tom so Holland, like, right? Yeah, that's yeah. like a seven-hour drive. So I actually listened to your album. It was pretty good. Uh, Centralia. Thank you. And the funny thing is I actually yeah. drove past Centralia to get up there. Oh, wow. But, oh, I mean, wow. It, that's but so I can metal. Kind of, um, the vibe is like kind of like a Nirvana type of really? hip hop type of vibe. Nirvana. Am I right about? Is that yeah. one of your influences by chance? Or yeah, um, I mean, first and foremost, I'll say that Centralia is the standing name right now. It might change. Um, we're just we're. I mean, I'm all over the place with a weird artist. I'm just constantly. Well, I'm uh, the same way. Uh, really as I said, saying I'm just one thing and then saying another. Right. But yeah, I guess I mean Centralia is a really cool name. It, it might be that. That might be an EP name. I'm I'm not sure yet. But anyway, yeah. So the the, the whole album, um, or what we have so far, uh, or what you've listened to, I guess, is there's a lot of different influences in it. Um, I I like to say that genre is sort of dead. Um, and I don't really like to uh, genre genreize or word right. probably not. Yeah. Um, the music anymore, and that's the cool thing about this generation, to me at least, is that you know you see all these really cool young people creating music. Like um, Billie Eilish. It doesn't really. Yeah. yeah it doesn't really. Uh, it doesn't really uh, have a genre. It doesn't really have to. Fit into that, that, a that's the best thought. way to be because when I did the music thing, I mean, I just kind of went with kind of metal some. Uh, because I use the same type of influences, like Nirvana, Metallica, a bunch of, like, old right. rock. I mean, some ACDC thrown in there. Well, I'm reading your influences are Leonard Cohen, Nico, Bob Dylan, Elliot Smith, Bon, uh, bon Iver, oh. and Kendrick Lamar. Leonard Cohen is the shit. Yeah, exactly. So if you see that, like, well, you know, it's interesting. So basically, um, <laughs> Leonard Cohen has always been my influence. Yeah, you better uh, have good lyrics if he's your influence. Life, uh, I believe that he's like the best uh, songwriter yeah. in the entire universe. Um, and I, I sort of got into music because I I was into poetry and I was into reading uh, from a really like, young age. And I really, you know, I, I there's this what's it called? It's called a um, an ode, which is the meaning to, to an ode is a, uh-huh. a poem uh, set to yep. uh, music. And so that was always my my goal was to you know be able to kind of condense how I felt into a song behind music because, you know, it's very visual that way. Yeah, a lot of it was pretty dark. that way people What? Yeah. Well, you had a dark theme? You yeah, know? I thought I had a kind of a dark theme to it. Am I right or wrong about that? Or is it just... Um, which one? Um, that, well, the castle sounded really dark, but I mean... Uh, but, I mean, some of the other songs had some darkness to them, too, and some of them... Were... I think that, yeah, it's, it's interesting. As an artist, I feel that, you know... You, I find myself writing the most at times of sadness and, and grief and such. Um, I think that personally, we tend to focus on that stuff too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're sort right. Of money, all the all the all the good things that are happening in the process. So my goal has to be has been to sort of write 
when I'm feeling happy as well. It's a little harder, I think. It's uh, there, Music has always been a, a coping mechanism or an outlet for me. Right. So um, I think that a lot of times I will write and people will uh, listen. The, the best songs I've ever written were of times when I was sad. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if that will change, but the thing about it is, is like I, I've been trying to put some layers into it. It's interesting to hear when people say that um, the Castles is, is a darker song because some people say that and some people don't. When I was writing Castles, I think that the, that there was, it was in a time in my life where uh, things weren't going perfectly and I was, you know, kind of on the down, downside or whatever. And so I, uh, I wanted to write a song that was more like a fuck you, I, you know, I'm going to get through this, you know, I, I don't. I'm going to let go of all my problems. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I, I got that impression from it. First of yeah, all, your voice, so your voice is amazing. Thank you. That's very, really very good singer. So are you are you at this point you want to balance both? Or is, is acting overwhelming the, the music side of the career? Or, I mean, obviously it's, you know, a lot of people are successful in balancing both. Which way do you see it? I mean, it? I think the album's really good. Yeah. Your voice is fantastic. Yeah, I... I, uh, I think that I am definitely focused on both right now. Great. I, I, uh, I've always said that I'm never going to push anything that I do. Um, and I, I want, if it feels right in the moment to go into the studio, to write, to, to create a song, <laughs> to work on music, then that's what I do. And then if it feels right to take a break, I do. And, you know, if I want to stop, if I don't want to do uh, a movie and I want to focus on music, um, I do. And that's, I mean, I'm very lucky to have that those opportunities. Yeah. Um, I've worked very hard to get to that place. But I think that uh, right now I'm, I've got, found such a harmonious, harmonious, a perfect balance um, between the both of them. Um, which I'm very lucky. I have to I, it's probably because of the producers I work with, Kojak and, and Jerry. Um, there's um, artist center, Cool Kojak, and his himself. Um, they are the best. It's the coolest thing about being not being on a label. I think mm-hmm. not being stuck to anything or contract right. or anything is that it's, it's there's no pressure, and so they're totally. Um, down when yeah, I you're definitely right about that because I mean, when a label comes in, they change your music, they make you sing what they want you to sing. <laughs> they might, sucks. they might package yeah, you in a certain way. Work. Yeah, they give you a time. It's mostly about the timeline. I think that yeah. you know, I'm not worried about the timeline here. I'm worried about putting out the best stuff possible and stuff yes, that feels absolutely. genuine to me. So it's like they give me Kojak and um, and Jerry. They give me the the time and space to do that. And oh, awesome. whenever I'm feeling creative is when you know it, it works out and I'm, I'm very lucky now do you do any touring at all because i mean when i used to tour i mean it kind of sucks some places but i mean you just could kind of go out there and try to get fans into your music i mean i don't know if you've ever tr- tried that yet or not or are you just doing mainly studio stuff yeah i think i think that i will definitely start doing shows um when the album is released um i i've always liked performing um I've always liked going. I have a lot of friends in in, in the whole indie world, um, and they they're constantly doing shows, and I always love to to go to those. And you know, um, 
punk shows, and uh, it's, it's it's an interesting thing. It's sort nice. of bringing well, a yeah, visual one good, to one good local club around here is uh, the Chameleon Club. I mean, it's not near Baltimore, but it's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've done some yeah. performances there, and it's it's like a small, like closed club it's not like a giant i've been venue. there it's about the size of the viper yes. room on sunset yeah, yeah. It's, it's not very <laughs> it's big but it's, yeah, it's, it's a good right. intimate uh <clears throat> right right right, venue. right the viper room's really cool i think that i think that the smaller the better yeah, um, yeah. I, I know a lot of you know a lot of big artists say that too they're they always like playing for smaller venues cafe hotel their music is more appreciated um see i've never my, been to LA, uh, so yeah my creative director, Hoff, um, he's a genius, but he creates, created this festival called Forum, um, if you've ever heard of it. It's in Arcos Fonte, in I think it's every May. Um, and basically, it's a capacity of about 2,000 people. And it's, on this, it's in this really, really cool um, structure. Uh, it was called Arcos Fonte. This, this guy this, uh, created it. It's Basically, it was abandoned, but it's like this community up there, cool. basically in the desert. Awesome. And it's only 2,000 people. So, you know, these and there's a lot of space. And these artists, these really big artists, it was um, Florence Machine played last year. Oh, awesome. And what you see when you're, when you're there is, you know, these not many people, the people that are there appreciate it so much. That but is it like a white alley or something like that? Or is it just kind of like... They're did... sitting there and they're listening to the music and they're appreciating it. They're not on their phones. Oh, that's cool. There and that's I think that's the an artist's that biggest dream is to you know be appreciated, you know, uh, right on. beautiful. So I, I, I that would be my goal. To awesome. Do, to do small venues. Well, people I, that really want to hear it. Looking at your IMDb, you have a show called Sacred Lies. That's uh, <laughs> yes. That's your next present. Your next big project. You're working with Juliette Lewis and. Kimiko Glenn, Katrina Law, some great actors associated with this. Yeah, no, that one's uh, that one's coming out in a couple months. Nice. Um, I've been asked not to share the uh, premiere date for that yet, but ah. that was that was really cool. I uh, it was actually interesting. I I I was saying in that show, um, I was sort of a hippie girl who lived in the woods with her sister and we we, we were you know, that sounds like my own show to outsiders well that's show that sounds just like dr sleep <laughs> well, it sounds like the outsiders uh, yeah too. i know i keep on ending up in the woods um yeah it does right yeah i so yeah that's my uh that's that's the next one that's coming out and i just finished um i just finished the babysitter 2 which is a sequel to the netflix movie i did a couple of years ago called the babysitter just sort of a cult classic now as well. That's cool. um, nice. And that was really fun. That's, that's going to be fucking crazy. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that'll be out. That'll be out. I love out it. Probably, uh, I love summertime it. Summertime 2020. So. I love yeah. it. I feel I free to throw out the F-bomb. We love it on here on Blue the Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's an adult audience. You can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's great. It's great. Because I wasn't sure. Am I going to get a bunch of bleeps? We, we, oh, no, we, we don't have any bleep. <laughs> no, you're good. We're right. after 10. We, we say were, whatever you want. We were concerned we didn't want to throw the F-bomb to you if you're <laughs> under 18. <laughs> That's why. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Al was concerned. I have no manners. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but, so, but, but Al's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Well, Emily, you're amazing. What an amazing actress. What an amazing artist. We're going to play On Below the Belt show, your song castles. Um and again, a great track. And when can we expect the um, the album to be dropped? 
That's sort of up in the air right now. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's sort of, uh, as an artist, sort of going back and forth um, and, and trying to perfect it. Like, I wanted it to be perfect for mm. the listeners, you know? It's, 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 awesome. it's, all, it's an interesting process, let me tell you that. I also um, like but the, it will be oh. soon. It'll be, in, it'll be um, early 2020. Um, so, so, yeah, so get ready. Awesome. <laughs> I also like your track, uh, Pity. I thought that was a pretty good song, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, we're, we're deciding sort of right now what we're going to do for the second single, so. Awesome. I'm sure, and now uh, music video, of course, too, right? We're, yeah, we're, uh, visuals, like I said, are a big thing for me. Yes. Um, and so sort of finding the right director right now and, and collabing with people who are really just interested in the music and believe in it. And yes. finding, like, a family, that's our biggest goal, is just to have it. a that's team cool. of people who are into what we're do- they're doing and want to be there. And usually then it sort of, uh, it all falls together. So. I love it. I thought it had an awesome vibe. I mean, as I said, I listened to the album Driving the seven hours, uh, <laughs> yeah, back yeah, down right? from Cleveland in a snowstorm today. It's, yeah. it's a great. Which were your favorite songs? I mean, I like Pity. I mean, I I like the Castle. I mean, they were two of my favorites. I mean, awesome. Well, Emily, we're gonna play your track Castles. We cannot wait. Thank you so much for uh, uh, being on Below the Belt show. And if you could, before we let you Thank go, you. let us know who you are. Uh, let us know, uh, I guess, what projects you. Uh, maybe just throw out a plug for Doctor Sleep. And throughout, uh, maybe whatever you want to plug, and let us know here below the belt. Okay. Hi, my name is Emily Lind. Um, you may have seen me in Warner Brothers' Doctor Sleep out now, um, and my new song "Castles" is streaming on all streaming platforms right now. Uh, you're on below the belt, and I hope you have a good night. Amazing. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Wow. Awesome. You are a superstar in so many ways. Emily. Almost like she's been acting Thank since you. she was five. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Emily. You're awesome. We're going to play your track, Castles. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Right, have a good night. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey. Emily Allen Lynn, guys. So we're going to ha- go ahead and play Castles, and we're going to say good night to Allie Dash. I t- <laughs> we'll be back here. <laughs> Wait a minute! Oh. Wait, what? Do we have to see? Go All right, so we're lo- we're we're down to two oh, in. No. Oh man! Oh. After this break, this and I'm the guy who drove seven hours. This is Emily Lynn Castles, guys. We'll be back here on BTB. <laughs> Oh
Tus fe 